Rapid City Public Library podcast series continues. The topic this month is Sturgis Rally Memories, and we do have a special guest this afternoon. So first off, if I could get you to introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Terry Deans. I'm uh, 65 years old. I live in uh, Silver City, South Dakota by uh, Lake Pactola. Now, when we had spoke earlier, you had indicated that you had a real special memory that is associated with motorcycling and with the Sturgis Rally indirectly. So let's back up just a little bit now. If I recall correctly, you were originally from Idaho, right? Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah. And how did you start coming to the Sturgis Rally? I've been coming to the Sturgis area for... uh, 30, 35 years. Wow. Uh, brought the kids here when they were little, of course, and went to Mount Rushmore and, you know, all the uh, all the good spots. Been motorcycling my whole life, along with my wife. And so we've been visiting out here a long, long time. And we finally uh, purchased a 1918 cabin two summers ago. And that's out in Silver City? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. very good. Yeah. Come into the rally for, for many, many years. We're going to take a little side trip. Best concert you ever saw? I like Leonard Skinner. I grew up in Florida. Oh, okay. So, so I've been playing in bands and stuff for about 40 years. And 1973, you know, to me doesn't seem like that long ago. But if you look at it now, it's what, 50 years, 50 <laughs> years ago. So I started learning to play Leonard Skinner songs. So I've seen Leonard Skinner here many times. So it's okay. uh, it's always been fun. Well, let's get to the, the heart of the matter and the, the story that you would like to share for the podcast today. Let's hear that tale, Terry. Okay, so I met my deceased wife in 1975 or 6, 1976. She was 16 years old, and I went to her prom. We didn't get married right away when we met. We waited till we, we had good finances and stuff and been together, uh, you know, 40, 40 something years. And uh, she passed December 29th, 2020 okay. after a long battle uh, with cancer. And we'd always had motorcycles and stuff, and the kids always had mini bikes and motorcycles and stuff. So the the crux to the story really is how after she had had cancer for so many years, and it kind of came and went, came and went. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't fully debilitating the whole 14 years. But uh, the chemo seemed to probably, you know, do more damage. And so uh, the summer before she passed away, I'd got her a new motorcycle. She had always had a, a Yamaha 650, and they're always scared of hearing the bigger numbers because I wanted to get her an Indian Scout. I have an Indian Chief, and I wanted to get her a Scout, which is an 1100, but it's a small bike. Quality motorcycles have a good clutch. They have a good uh, tires. You know, They're a lot better than those little cheap 650s, but she still couldn't get over it. So finally in the summer... After, you know, she had two major surgeries and she was pretty bad off with the chemo, the doctors gave her a chemo holiday, meaning you don't have to take chemo for a while because, you know, it was stage three or four already, so it's the chemo's not working anyways. Uh. So at the beginning of the summer, I ended up getting her, her an Indian scout. And so the first trip I took her was I took her out to uh, western Montana and... Uh, she got her legs real quick. Uh, she had been riding, you know, for some years. She liked riding on the back of my big bike, of course, probably even better. But mm. she still liked riding her own bike. And so we get out on the big highway in the big hole valley there, uh, first place we had gone. And 
she got the hang of it really quick and I told her I would go out in front and look and all of a sudden I'm looking in the mirror and there's a little tiny headlight and it's getting bigger and bigger and then she passes me at like a, you know 80 miles an hour <laughs> and so when I finally pulled over you know I said to her I said honey you're gonna kill yourself you know and she says oh yeah really I'm already dying you know you only you only get to die once and so uh, she was always had a good uh, uh, nature about herself so this, the real Sturgis story is, before that, uh, just back up just a little bit, we had gone to New York uh, Sloan Kettering Hospital for two major surgeries she had. And after the last surgery, of course, the doctors were saying, you know, it's kind of not working that great. And they had told her when she had got the illness that she was probably, if she didn't get run over by a truck or die on the motorcycle, you know, she's probably going to die from it. So she was prepared for that. So after she had her final surgery, it was in the fall, I asked the doctor, you know, how long does she have? And, of course, the doctor's like, of course, you know, uh, we can't say. And I said, look, if it was your wife, just take a guess. You know, I'm not going to sue you or nothing. I just, I'm curious. So he said, oh, October, November. Okay. And so, so then all of a sudden, my wife was grilling me, like, what were you guys talking about? What were you guys talking about? And I'm like, uh, nothing, you know. And uh, so finally, I told her. And she says, no, no, I don't think so. She goes, I'm going to give, we, and we have a, six grandbabies. So uh, she said, no, I'm going to end up giving my children, my grandbabies and children, gifts at Christmas. And I said, okay. So she died on December 29th. Wow. Yeah, she died on December 29th. Wow. So that was after the summer we had had all that fun on the Indians. Uh -huh. And uh, she said that was the best summer she ever had in her entire life. And so now she's deceased. And, of course, I don't have my partner of, you know, 45 years. Right. So, of course, I still come out to South Dakota and Sturgis by myself. And I've got my Indian. I still had her bike back in uh, Coeur d'Alene. And I'm driving around 385, and, and we're going up, and I'm going up down the highway by myself. And I was planning on having my granddaughter come out also. She was eight years old, but she was going to come out in a few weeks. I was going to pick her up at the airport. Okay. And then she liked riding on the back of my on back of Papa's bike too. So uh, she was a real good bike rider. So I'm driving up and down uh, 385, and I'm going to the rally here and there, and stopping at Black Hills Harley, and doing all the stuff. But of course. It's not really the same without your partner, so I'm doing the best I can, you know, to try to hold it together. And I kept driving up and down 385 from Hill City to Deadwood and back and forth because and, I'm really interested in the uh, Western history. Uh, while Bill Hickok was uh, gunned down in the number 10 saloon in Deadwood mm -hmm. August 2nd, you know, oh, yes, okay. yesterday at, okay. at 4 p.m. Wow. So that I've always been to that anniversary, and they have a reenactment and stuff. So I think it was it was in July uh, I was here about a week early, a week or two early for the rally, and I was driving back and forth on 385, and I saw this little sign that I've seen many times before, and it just has a green sign with an arrow that says Silver City. So I don't know what Silver City is. I've never saw it on a map or, or any of that <laughs> stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, well, let's go back in there and see what's in there, and uh, maybe there's a saloon or you know a gas station or something. Uh, maybe get something to eat. And so I drive all the way on the Gulch Road there. It's about five miles up and down the canyon and it's a paved road very nice then you get to the end and there's a little tiny bridge over rapid creek and then the the pavement stops right there and there's two lanes of gravel going east and west and it says main street you know so i thought that was pretty funny so but i look around and i see a uh, 1920 church 
I see a fire department building, then I see a, a we call them a grange. It's a uh, old schoolhouse, and okay. that's a community center. Yeah. So back in the day, we used to call them granges in southern Ohio and stuff. So I see a little grange over there. I see that, and I see this, and there's nothing else there. So I'm sitting there, and I'm just passing the time before I turn around and drive all the way out. And all of a sudden, I look over, and I see a, a white pickup truck backing down the gravel. And he's, he backs up almost to where I'm at, I mean, within 50 yards of where I am. And he gets out. It's an old old guy, you know, old-timer. And he opens up the tailgate, and he opens up the topper door, and he pulls out a for-sale sign. And my wife and I had, were both were close to retirement already. She actually passed away three weeks after she retired. Oh, wow. She didn't really want to retire anyway. She was a postmaster. Sure. And she thought that staying busy with work... Oh, yeah. would keep her mind off of dying anyways, right? So, which is a good idea. So, she did uh, uh, finally retire, and then three weeks later, of course, she passed away. So, I had retired uh, 10 years ago. And so, I'm sitting there watching the guy, and he's, he gets the sign out, and he gets the shovel out. So, nosy me, I walk over, and I go, hey, is this for sale? And he goes, no. I just drive around putting the signs up. <laughs> I says, all right, smart Alec. I said, uh, are you the realtor on the sign? And he goes, no, smart Alec. He goes, he's in Rapid City. So I pull out my cell phone and he goes, hey, smart Alec, there's no cell coverage here. <laughs> and I said, what? He says, you have to go up on the hill. So I says, oh, goodness. So I go get on the bike and I drive halfway up the hill and I finally see some cell. And I call uh, Jeff uh, from Colwell Banker there, on, and uh, hey Jeff, how much for the cabin in uh, you know Silver City? Uh-huh. And he says, "What cabin in Silver City?" I said, "The one on the sign." He goes, "What?" what the? He started stuttering, and I said, "Jeff, there's a guy out there putting up a sign, and I got your name off the sign." He goes, "He wasn't supposed to put the sign up till tomorrow, and it's not even on the MLS." And I'm like. Is it for sale or not? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what to say, you know. And I said, uh, I'm actually a cash buyer, and maybe, you know, depending on the price. And, and he, I'd be interested in taking a look. And he told me the price, and I said, yes, I would be interested in looking. And so, of course, he flew down within 20 minutes, and we made a deal. And all my friends, when and my kids, of course, and grandbabies, when I told them the story, you know, if you're if you're spiritual at all in any way, I know for sure that my wife must have had something to do with it. And uh, because just the odds of you, you know, just happening to come across like that is is something. uh, Directed to the right place at the right time. That's what I'm thinking. So if you believe she's actually looking over you and watching you, I can, I'm not super spiritual, but I I am, I do believe in, uh, you know, God. And my grandmother told me to be a good Christian. So, but I believe she had something to do with it. I really do. And so now, do you live out here year-round, or you split well, time? Well, I'm a retired plumbing contractor, and I still teach vocational plumbing Okay. Uh, over in uh, eastern, uh, western Washington, rather. And so I work uh, four days a month, mid-September to mid-June. You know, the trades in general are kind of, you know, kids want to get into computers, and they all want to be video game testers, you know. Oh, that's but, but you know what I mean. There are, But there are a lot of good kids. And so... Uh, I've been working for North Idaho College as my second job for 30 years, and I've been working for this Bellevue, uh, Seattle-based uh, college for about 15 years as my third job. This is probably going to be my last year because I come out every summer. I've been out here now two summers in a row, and I'm here from, you know, like I say, mid-June 
to right when September rolls around, I got to start looking at my calendar again right. and see when I have to get back to work. And then I do come back, you know, like whenever there's a holiday, mm -hmm. the way the classes lay out, I could be off three, four weeks for Thanksgiving or, oh, wow. or Christmas. So my new, uh, my new girlfriend and I jump in the car and we shoot out here. It's about 850 miles, 880 miles, something like that. And so we're, we're here. We were here last fall. It was beautiful, and uh, I want to. I want to end up maybe retiring this year, and I want to be here full time if I could, you know, for okay, sure. sure. And uh, I think I've worked enough now, so I can. <laughs> I can probably retire. So you get to enjoy the Black Hills, and uh, yeah. and now this week, get a little rally. Yeah, going yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. The weather's hasn't been real conducive to rallying. You know, we've had three major hailstorms. In, in July. Yeah. Tennis ball size hail. Wow. I have a photo in my phone of a hailstorm in my hand and it covers my entire palm. Wow. My cargo trailer that sits out front that I brought the Indian in had so many dents on the hood. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. I would say the majority of them were absolutely golf ball hail and then tennis balls hail size too. So if you're on a bike, uh, in that. Oh, watch out. It's a tough area. Yeah, I bet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes a hearty stop. It does, to it does. Yeah. But that's my Sturgis story, and if my wife, uh, rest her soul, you know, she'd still be cruising and cruising and cruising if she was here. Well, thanks so much for coming in you and bet. sharing your story with you us. Bet. And uh, avoid any further hailstorms. I will. <laughs> and, uh, I'll do my best. And, uh, travel safe. We appreciate you your time. Terry Deems, thank yes. you very much well, for your thank time. Thank you. Thank you.